Radio Primavera Sound, powered by Seat. Welcome to the weekly review radio show where two grown dads try to make sense of a world in disarray by analyzing pop culture with the help of a bright young mind. We are Ben Cardew the third, Marvai Verdu, and speaking Johan Wald behind the controls, Rob Roman. On our first show since our summer break, we'll briefly look back and chat a little bit about stuff that happened while we were away. For instance, ABBA returned and they've roped in ex-Claxon James Wrighton to put the backing band together. We have an interview with him detailing some of this experience. Chicks on Speed have also announced a return. We'll be hearing from them. And of course, we have to talk about the Met Gala, don't we? Marvi will share her impressions of fashion's most talked about event, as well as profess her summer obsession with Pink Pantheress. Let's begin. What a good banger, Ben. This is one of your findings, isn't it? It is, yes. Who is THSA? THSA, yeah. She's a London producer. She signed to Ninjatune quite recently. She had an EP called Flowers. She's got like this really mixture of like really nice kind of like vocal house tunes and absolute sort of more bigger bangers. She's getting really big, I think. And what a great tune this is. It's wonderful. What a great way to start the show. What a great way to start the morning. It's called Power. I feel power. I feel empowered by these rhythms. Mar, are you feeling empowered by THSA? I love this song. I, I'm putting straight to my Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah. I already Thanks, did ben. the. I already did the did the like. The mm-hmm. gave it the little heart. Anyway, we've been obsessed during our summer vacation with lots of things. Um, we were very excited. Well, some of us were a little bit excited with uh, Donda finally arriving. Um, Certified Lover Boy, that was uh, all right. I mean, some people thought it was a bit meh. Uh, we watched TV shows and stuff. What have you? Obs- what, what, have you what did you find funny, Ben? <laughs> uh, well, I, I like the fact that you were like, yes, yeah, some people quite liked it. You know, it was okay. It was like, wow, what a what a massive, massive you know, Drake goes to all this effort over months and months and months of <laughs> making. You're like, yeah, it's for some it, people to like, yeah, it exists. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just got so deflated with uh, the whole Donda listening well, party. Blame that on things. Donda then. Don't blame that on Drake. I know, I know, he but got right said Fred in. Blame for it God's on sake. men. <laughs> Just existing men. <laughs> All these men <laughs> playing around with these millions of dollars. And Don't get that with TSHA, do you? No. She just comes out with, with, with bangers and, and doesn't need to have listening parties in arenas for three months while yeah. she works... Oh, God, I don't even know what he did anymore. I can't, I can't be bothered. Exactly, <laughs> you know. And another another heroine, I think, who's, I think, overshadowed uh, Drake, Kanye, and the album we're going to be talking about later on is um, Little Sims. Have you heard Little Sims's album? I've heard bits of it. I haven't heard the whole Ooh, thing. Little Sims. Little Sims is is gonna is gonna take the throne uh, gradually because, as we know, women always have to work three times as hard to get the coveted positions where all these men are battling it out and sharing their wealth and not really distributing it <laughs> evenly. Ha! That's my little rant. Anyway, what else? 
Mar, you've been obsessed with something. Oh that my I'm god, Mar has killed it. Thanks, Ben. Sorry, <laughs> right, anytime. I have a crush, a new crush, and Ben is on board as well. So we have both. Um, we share a crush, and and as Nicki Minaj would say, you don't understand. I am obsessed. This uh, well, this woman has me. I don't know. I love her. Maybe you've heard of her of her as well because. Uh, Obviously, I'm not the only one that that discovered her under a rock or something. She's everywhere in the internet. You cannot really escape her. So maybe you already know that I'm talking about Pink Panthers. Let's play a little bit of her music because I I just love her so much and I want you to to listen to Pink Panthers. Pink, pink. Is wonderful. How many times have I told you UK Garage is for the kids? <laughs> it is. That's it. It's literally it's for the kids. This would be UK Garage, of course. It's because it's well, it's, wow. it's sampled a UK Garage classic. Yeah. Ah. Johan, when we were DJing, when we were DJing at the the forum yes. earlier this summer, I was gonna play this tune, and then I thought the the original tune, not not this. And then I thought, what do you, what do young people care about this tune? I had a bit of an existential crisis, so I didn't put it on. <laughs> Apparently, if I'd have played it, all the young people would have would been have like, loved you. You would have God. been the coolest person on on the on the forum. So this is the advantage, uh, men, elder men of a certain generation mm. like Ben and I have. We can take, we can basically pillage all the back catalogue of hits from the last 40 years or whatever but that, that you might not remember and we just give them a little bit of a remix add a vocal from someone young and fresh and, and we'll be raking it in like well, Fats and Smalls <laughs> Fats and Smalls <laughs> who you mention in your book congratulations I, Ben I do yeah Fats and Smalls not in a very not in a very nice way no but I think the point <laughs> is the point is that we can't do that like if we because yeah. if we do it everyone's be like God will you shut up about your UK garage <laughs> and drum and bass whereas if Pink Pantheress does it everyone's like oh yeah I'm on exactly. TikTok exactly yeah. the, the thing is that she is the one to do it. it's it's not like Pink Pantheress is not the artistic name of some person that lived in the actual age of UK Garage or something. She's a 20-year-old girl from Bath um, that we know barely nothing about her apart from that. And that she just... Mm, I don't know. She uh, she has a lot of musical culture, I guess. And, and she just liked this sound and, and she played with it. And, and that came out. And and it's amazing. And, and we love it because it has the, the freshness of a 20-year-old something girl and uh, the cool beats of UK Garage that mm. now I know I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I'm going to bore you it, so much over the next few months. It took me so long to months. discover UK Garage. Amazing. It took a uh, TikToker for me to di- discover UK Garage and not you saying it over and over again and me being <laughs> I like, know where okay. I stand. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> but had you heard the, the song before or maybe it's the first time you... I have to say, I am so out of touch because I deleted Instagram for the summer holiday mm-hmm. as a little experiment to, you know, try and read a bit more from something that came from a book rather than my my phone. So I'm I don't know I don't I don't know anything about Pink Panthers. Well, she is everywhere. So <laughs> um, you both been living under a rug, but yeah. main, she's mainly big on TikTok where where she took off. So that's 
maybe uh, understandable that you hadn't heard of her. Mm. But now she's more than TikTok famous. She she has 10 million monthly listeners already on Spotify, and and she she put out the first song on on February this year. So. It's, it hasn't even been a year she has music out and she already has 10 million people listening to her music and her most popular song has more than 75, 75 million streams. So huh. she, she, she is uh, um, amazing at it and she's breaking, well, not breaking records. I don't know if she bro- broke any record, but she is everywhere. And, and I she's love She's breaking her. records in our hearts. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's funny how back in uh, back in my time, um, you know, people would say, "Oh, they've sold uh, 10 million records or something," and it was that was something that made them important because that was money that they made from selling records. But now it's uh, streams, which mm-hmm. th- it, there is some value, and obviously these artists make some money somehow or the other. But it's interesting how it's not really so much about the money; it's mo- it's about the the direct attention from the people who are on TikTok and stuff. No, it yeah. it, it gives it. It well, it it, it brings you money, both like being famous on TikTok can bring but you money, not as much as people think, but um, on Spotify as well, right? Or maybe. But the utopian thought I'm trying to uh, get at is that it's so nice that people can access this music without having to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that everyone yeah. can. It's more democratic. It's yeah. more utopian, and uh, and it, and and if it translates as joy, people are happy because they're listening to this music. It's like you know, it, it's kind of it gives me a glimmer of hope that the future isn't so dull and dark. Thanks to yeah, let's put it that way and not get too deep into the Spotify how much they pay artists and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let, let's petty, leave that petty, for, petty. Uh, for another day um but yeah she she's so cool i love how she i some people said she's like hyper on the hyper pop trend but mm. obviously she's she's not she's sampling stuff like um UK. adam f drum and bass uh, adam, drum and bass, bass classic adam as well f. it's unbelievable yeah, and Sorry. I would say that that's the um, hyper garage. Like we, w- the next big thing, then oh you can my. make it happen. <laughs> you can be the spokesperson of of the next big movement and and be the the hyper garage manager or something. Oh my god! I mean, I'm I'm already like out of breath. You just <laughs> met, said hyper garage. It's like, oh god, I'm not gonna have to catch up on this now. Another trend in, a, in three trends in a week. No more trends. 2021. Yeah, if it helps your hand, I can I can take down your excitement quite a lot because I mentioned this yesterday. Basically, I I found out about Pink Panthers and her sampling prowess. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. My tastes suddenly are old fashioned again. And then I realized she could basically be my daughter, by the way, <laughs> just going going through my record collection. And suddenly that, that high of, you know, feeling at one with the world just <laughs> crashed down. Exactly, exactly. If you want to love her even more, I have a, a little bit of fun facts about her. And, and they're very cool because most of these songs, which are like five, she only has like five songs out yet. But most of them were made and um, produced by her with GarageBand, which is the, the one that comes with your computer, mm. and in her university dorm. And, and she just played with it and, and sang a few lyrics. And this, the coolest stuff came out of it. And, and she just posted like... Um, short snippets on on TikTok to see how they would do there, and and they did amazing, and and now she is viral, and and now she she doesn't even have to 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 do it on on her dorm. She she's signed to Parlophone or yeah, oh yeah yeah um and and her latest uh, record just for you, just for you for me just for me for me I always say it the wrong way um is produced by Muramasa. So oh. she's 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 stepping away from from be 
like self-made um, artist on her computer. Yeah. And and the the cool thing is she she did it on TikTok and you can see the the first videos she put out and are still on on her on her profile and and you can see like um, a video of her with a, a big block of text um, covering her face and saying day 11 of posting songs uh, every day because I have nothing else to do and and it's the song that we were listening to pain and and it went viral this video and people started using the sound and it's it's amazing to see how how TikTok works uh, like I'm just bored I'm just gonna put a snippet of this song I did on a garage band and, and see if someone uses it and then suddenly it goes viral and then suddenly people are more interested in you and and then for example there's another one and uh, that says I recorded this during a, a zoom lecture LOL, like you can see that just a uh. university student doing, uh, just having a hobby, and then suddenly people are interested in in what you're doing in in your garage band during your university lectures, and and uh, everybody is expecting your things, and and the, she explained that she didn't even, it's like literally a, a thing she does um, apart from uni, it's like a hobby for her, and and she didn't even tell her friends or her family like, listen what I did, it's just something, it's for you, um, and then. One of her friends that saw the the song on TikTok because it was going viral was like, "Oh, this kind of sounds like you. That's funny." And she was like, "Surprise! That's <laughs> me." So it's it's amazing to see how her like the story of her music, how it developed, and and where she is now and where she comes from from recording at 3 a.m. in in her dorm because she she has to study, so she doesn't hmm. have that much time. So she has to do it sometime, and and that's. 3 a, 3 a.m. or during a Zoom lecture, and and now here she is, uh, 10 10 million listeners on Spotify, and and a lot of singers praising her. Like I I saw Sega Bodega putting a a, a single out, yeah. and and people blaming him of copying Pink Panthers. So <laughs> yes, and and he was like, well, I I actually had this song for longer than Pink Panthers has been a thing, but. Okay, I, I can see how, how they are similar because they, they actually do sound quite similar. But I don't know, I like how she's this big superstar that people um, now compare to big artists and, and make big artists um, think they're copying her and stuff. But still, she's this mysterious girl. We basically only know she's from Bath. She studies at university in London. I, I'm not even sure about that. We don't even know her real name. We know Pink Panthers. And mm -hmm. um, we barely know her face because in most of her TikToks she covers her face with um, blog text or or she just has very zoomed in mm. videos because the, the thing she, she cares about is, is the, music the music or the, the song that's playing and not her face all on yeah, the yeah. screen. And, and we her Instagram is also very um, not cha chaotic, but it well, she has kind of a chaotic energy that's really cool, but she doesn't have much pictures. So we have two pictures of her. So every time um, a new picture, we have a picture of her, the internet goes crazy like, oh my God, new Pink Panther is just dropped. Let's go all see her face because we barely have images of her. Even though now she has put out a, a music video of her for her last single. Yeah. So we have 
a video action of her, her. moving and stuff. And so we have a little bit of more of Pink Pantherish, oh. but she's still very mysterious. We don't really know much about her. And, and I think that's part of the attractiveness yeah. of, of all her, her thing. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I don't know if you can it, tell. It, I'm obsessed. It's a, it's a thing that when it's mastered well, like when you can... Because everyone seems to, like, you need to develop a, an online persona mm -hmm. if you're going to be a public figure or, or sell some kind of cultural product. And it's so interesting when people do it. Well, yeah. obviously, Daft Punk is an incredible reference of how they managed to keep their anonymity in, since they became so big. Or, or um, what's his name? The, the, the mouse. De Danger Mouse? Danger Mouse? No. Dead, dead, mouse? Mouse, dead mouse, dead mouse, damn it, <laughs> dead mouse. What was the other one? The the other EDM guy, Buckethead or Laserhead or <laughs> Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Yeah. You know that guy can walk around the street. No one's gonna. You know, all of a sudden, it's less Buckethead's pressure. Buckethead's from Guns N' Roses. Buckethead. That's it. Buckethead was the one with the Kentucky Fried Chicken hat. Um, <laughs> bucket. <laughs> but it's inter It's it's also it 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 protects you, doesn't it? Because online, you know, you're you're facing trolls, especially if you know women seem to get harsher end of the stick when dealing with trolls and stuff from being online too much or whatever so it's i can i can see how it's a very strategic thing to mm -hmm. do and and done right it, it can save you a lot of headaches because if you're not in a mood to be happy and teary and, and funny on your tiktoks and stuff at least if you've got this character or or this way of communicating where your face isn't part of the formula mm -hmm. um yeah it's it, it makes the job easier i guess should we listen to another song yeah, so i want to hear more from pink Panther. Uh, this is just for me Found the street of a house in which he stayed And my diary's full of your name on every page Cause I've read to my you're falling off of me I'll try and try again one day you'll see Your hair's under my pillow so I sleep And I'm dreaming of you leaving roses on my feet I'm obsessed with you in a way I can't believe When you wipe your tears do you wipe them just for me? I never thought I'd say this. ABBA have returned. Officially. Uh, the four of them. There will be a new album, Voyage, and there will be a new spectacle extravaganza. They have built their own arena with 360 degree screens and they will perform digitally. All right. They promise it's not going to be like these holograms. It's crucial to understand that this is a pioneering new form of entertainment. They, you know, they spent five weeks performing all their beloved songs in a motion capture soundstage in Sweden. That alone is something worth mentioning. The real humans were involved in this. They didn't take, you know, the images of like they did with Tupac or Elvis. You know, this is the the, the real members of ABBA, Agnetha. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, Agnetha, Frida, Benny, and Bjorn. All, you know, the four of them together, that's quite a thing because for many years, 
they they chose not to tour for different reasons and stuff and it, it was generally accepted that they didn't really feel comfortable being in the same room together because of past stuff divorces and all those kind of emotional things that, that we don't have time to talk about <laughs> but they they, they, they they they've been in the room together and happily singing and making new music so they've chosen to digitally rejuvenate themselves to look like they did in their 70s peak including the iconic hairstyles which is quite brave because those haircuts they, they didn't exactly seem flattering on any of them especially the men oh shut up <laughs> <laughs> did you ever consider doing uh, cutting your hair in that in the fashion of uh, ab 70s ABBA Ben yes I'm considering <laughs> it right now <laughs> it never looked good on anyone even like in Spain you had Nino Bravo and stuff it, it, it was just weird that you know because they trimmed the sides you'd have it long but you'd have it trimmed and and so I don't know it, 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 with this kind of a mullety thing happening at the back. I don't I, I can't think of anyone who looked good with the Abba haircut, the man the man's Abba haircut. They always the, the girls always looked fantastic, you know, and, and those outfits and stuff. But anyway, it is a to make a comment on ageism, you know, most of their fans would probably prefer to see the real them performing in real life, right? You don't stop adoring them because they've got a few more wrinkles. But what does that say about our society? That people of a certain age are able to find a place in today's marketplace by hiding behind youthful avatars. So many people use filters on their Instagram posts when they want to let us know how know their important opinions on the price of aubergines and on dating sites apparently it's even worse you know sometimes you think that you're gonna be meeting Hugh Jackman for your coffee but all of a sudden you end up politely sipping coffee very fast with a shorter James Corden God. no offense to short people <laughs> but, but uh, lots of offense to James Corden because I can't well, stand him <laughs> yeah he's horrible yeah we can talk about him another no poor guy he's not horrible he's just too too in your face I'm sorry did you see that video they did of like what was it? Sort of Cinderella, Cinderella promo thing. <laughs> Horrible. You didn't see that? No. Wait, oh God. <laughs> what? The, like the musical, Cinderella I, or I, something? I can't remember. He was exactly. making like a promo thing for Cinderella, and oh, I cannot even think about it. It's they, disgusting. Uh, they jumped out in front of cars in LA and oh. like a flash like, mob thingy, yeah. but oh. very cringy. And James Corden was there. But so he's such a master of cringe that... his bottom. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, after Cats, he survived... He, he you can't survive being in Cats. And uh, he's... Taylor Swift did. Yeah, and, and, and he's still there. You know, he even got picked up by Gucci to do a TV kind of show thing for them. Anyway, anyway, let's go talk about yeah. ABBA. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so ABBA are choosing to create an illusion. And the thing that makes this illusion worthy is that they actually put some sweat into these performances. This show will probably last forever. And once they test the inevitable success, they'll definitely pop up in all continents. I can guarantee, uh, you know, last, I can imagine this being in Las Vegas, in Macau, in Dubai, etc. Cashing in on a legacy isn't so ruthless when people receive so much joy and it's kind of democratic because ticket prices for this spectacle start at 25 uh, euros the average seats will cost around 70 euros and the vip tickets will reach up to 176 euros which you know what i used to hate or i hate generally about high profile tours is that the tickets sell out really fast and you end up missing out but this time it gives the, the way it's going to work. Uh, it's going to give legions of fans a chance to actually be uh, surrounded by this new experience of ABBA, uh, which will be happening at the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London. The venue is currently been loaned 
uh, by loaned to by the West Ham Football Club, and it can hold up to three thousand people. And the tour will start on the May the t- well the tour. The shows will start on May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two, and run every week until Sunday, September fourth. Uh, of the same year 2022 there will be concerts every Monday Thursday Friday uh, like a matinee like a show like theatre like going to the West End so um, anyway uh, we were lucky we found Ben gave me the tip because since I was off Instagram I didn't find out the person that they hired to put the band together of live musicians who will be performing live under these avatars on the screens is none other than ex-Klaxon man James Wrighton, who we spoke to last year on, because he was promoting his first solo album, The Performer. Well, he seems to be the person to go to when people need songs written or incredible bands put together. And I managed to catch up with him via Zoom to hear about his work rehearsing with Benny and Bjorn in Sweden. I still have faith in you. Hello, James. How are you? Hey, Johans. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Look, this has to be the greatest honor for any musician to get the opportunity to officially become a part of ABBA and play those songs, those timeless eternal anthems that have brought so much joy to billions of listeners over the decades and still manages to excite new generations. What does it mean to you personally to be a part of this ABBA reunion and, well, the shows that are going to be played in London? I mean, when I was asked to be a part of it, um, you know, I mean, you, firstly, you just say yes, don't you? You can't really, it's not really much, uh, you know, you don't go, uh, let me think, you know, it's just, uh, you know, as you can imagine, it was such a, a huge kind of, it's obviously a huge surprise when I heard about the project and, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's as big as any, as like a, I don't know, like if the Beatles, if John Lennon was still alive and Beatles got back together, or you know what I mean? It's it's that, yeah. it's, it's huge. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't get really, I don't think in the kind of canon of bands that have impacted in popular culture, uh, I don't, I, I can't think of many more kind of important really than ever. So, so yeah, it was, it was a huge, uh, a huge, a huge and pleasant surprise. And uh, I obviously, when I got asked, I just said, uh, yeah, I'll totally be involved in whatever way you want me to be involved. But yeah, going back to your question, when like finding musicians like that, yeah, there were um, the, again, I was really, really, I, I didn't ask a lot of people. I made sure I asked people that I thought could do it and would be right for the job. So it wasn't like, you know what I mean? I didn't just just put an email out to everyone. I just, you know, I, I was very selective of people that I kind of approached to ask if they would be at all interested. And then, you know, I had, a, I was probably about 40 to 50 musicians in total that I kind of got along to the auditions. So, you know, like, and, and then we whittled it down to 10, you know, to the final band. So for each position, pretty much, there was a, there were like three or four options, you know, uh, uh, and it was really hard for Benny Bjorn and myself to, pick which which would be the final band um you know because the the caliber of musicianship was so so good you know so high so so yeah it was uh 
I mean, it's still pretty surreal, isn't it, talking about this? Do you know what I mean? This is like, so when you meet, you know, I mean, when you're with Ben and Bjorn, it's not like um, you have to bow in front of them and, you know, like, you know, you kind of, you know, it, they are incredibly funny, lovely, charming, brilliant, and very, like, cool people. Like, very, you know, I hope I'm a fraction of what they're like at their age. I mean, they are just, they just like, they've, uh, They've lived and got life down in a big way, you know? Was it nerve-wracking when you finally got the band together and you were doing these rehearsals... Baby. <laughs> Baby. Mm. <laughs> when, when you were doing these rehearsals in front of Benny and Bjorn playing their songs, were you a bit sh were you shaky? Were you nervous, or were you totally confident? Oh no, just totally. I mean, like, I mean, a I I wasn't playing. I mean, I jumped I jumped on uh, uh, like the guitar for one version of one song. Uh, I think for knowing me, knowing you, because in rehearsal, because it was just that's one of my favorite songs, and I think Ludwig Benny's son and I thought it would be quite funny, and I think in general, because we were in this room with these musicians that were playing together for the first time, and they were so unbelievable and so like nailing the brief you know they were just like you couldn't help but in that there were people in that room but kind of want to be a part of it and smile and dance and play and like it was like you know it wasn't it was just amazing like i like so, like listening we did a version of eagle which is one of my favorite songs uh just for fun and you know the band barely like they just didn't have long to learn the song and they'd never played together and they just came in and they did it and it was very fun because we just didn't stop i think we just went round and round and round and round and round because it's so so enjoyable playing it so we didn't i think it's probably a 30 minute version of that that we did wow in a room together so that's fun tell me how has spending all this time with two of the greatest composers you know benny and bjorn in sweden in benny's studio how has that is that going to influence any of the future music you're going to be doing for the follow-up for the performer? Well, I, 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 I mean, like, I mean, I wish I could say I've written the new Dancing Queen. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I mean, if I'm being incredibly honest with everyone and myself and not being deluded, I'll have to say that um, I haven't written the new Dancing Queen. But um, I have actually... Um, I did make an album and I finished it, so it's coming out, um, uh, I'd say early next year. And so, so that'll be good. So I'm really excited about that. So, I mean, like, I, I started it, I actually started it in Benny's studio, kind of by mistake. I didn't kind of mean to, but I got, but he let me spend a few hours after the session um, playing on the GX1, which is the incredible Yamaha synth that he owns. So there's only like, 10 I think in the world that work now and it's like if you're going to look at the white synthesizer that everyone would dream of get touching or being in the same room as it's the GX1 so uh I said look after the session after said, can I just spend a couple of hours with it so it's just me and the engineer and we just like I just they just press record and so I just like played and played and played um and then took that back to me to London then uh, lockdown happened and so then you know between being dad and zoom school for my kids I was I was working on a record in my basement with 
you know, start some of those that session I did, and then all sorts of new things came and topics and everything. Just it all came really quickly. So then I wrote, I made the album with uh, Dave and Steph from Soul Wax in Ghent over over email. So we were just like sending total sessions back and forth. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I finished it a few months ago. But uh, yeah, awesome. it's, so- it's, it's, I'm really happy with it. It's like it's. Um, and Dave and Steph are really, really, it's, it's like a, a way more, it's all synths and drum machines, because obviously I was just here on my own and they were in Belgium and there was no live band, but it was just like, it's all very electronic, loads of synths, loads of drum machines, loads of, you know, it's, uh, you know, Soulwax kind of like produced it with me. And so it kind of has that kind of more kind of clean, futuristic sound rather than like vintage you know, or like retro. So it's, it's not like, it's like we wanted to make something that's a bit more forward thinking than my last record which I really love um, but was more kind of indebted to the kind of 70s to be honest but this this is more like a, like the reference points were you know Japan uh, and uh, like Sakamoto period you know Japan and YMO you know that kind of thing so yes yeah it's kind of it's very weird it's very like electronic funky you know I guess that was James Wrighton there who put the band the live band who will be playing performing uh, at the ABBA Voyage Spectacle he himself wanted to clarify uh, that he will not be playing he just put the band together and oversaw the rehearsals alongside Benny and Bjorn very important anyway and you also managed to hear uh, guest appearances from my dog Dora and my (laughs) daughter Leandra now let's keep on talking about sexy funky style it is the moment to that Mara is going to bring us the freshness (laughs) about the event that everybody is talking about this week the Met Gala right on the back of the MTV VMAs it kind of overshadowed it yep the next thing well although although they were both overshadowed by Nicki Minaj's news about swollen testicle weren't they (laughs) what swollen test Nicki did you not see this no Nicki Minaj I was talking about it yesterday Nicki Minaj uh, tweeted about uh, a cousin of hers who got vaccinated and his testicles swole up and became impotent. So his wife called off the wedding. <laughs> oh my God. So, and she w- and she didn't go to the Met Gala because she wasn't vaxxed. And she, she explained that story to back up like the, <sighs> the thing. She was like, no, I'm not getting vaccinated because that happened to my cousin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that was one of the most interesting things that happened um, during the Met Gala and she was not even there. So that gives you kind of an idea of what to expect of this Met Gala. I think it was com- it was like more interesting before it even happened and we were all hyping it up and, and thinking what people might actually be wearing on, or what might happen than the actual Met Gala, which was a little bit underwhelming, a little bit boring. The thing, I uh, one thought I had from looking at loads of photos that Gigi Vives was sharing on her Instagram mm-hmm. about, you know, photos taken by, I can't remember the name of a photographer, but yeah. photos taken in the bathroom of the Met Gala last mm-hmm. year and, you know, uh, with, a, with a normal kind of uh, Instacam, um, is that I would hate to be in the Met Gala because I wouldn't know who to pay attention to. Like, you know, I'd be so rude. I'd be talking to like, uh, I'd be really excited to be talking to Lil Nas X, but immediately, 
see th- through the corner of your eye, you'd see Madonna or someone. Yeah. It's like, I want to talk to, I want to have a moment with everyone. And I think that happens to them. Like, the, even though they're really famous people, I think it must be really overwhelming to be in the same room with so many. More than overwhelming, I imagine it being very awkward. Like, we all know who we are, kind of. But we don't really know each other in person. So do we pretend like we know each other? Do we introduce each other? Like, hi, I'm Madonna. Like, maybe you heard of me. Like, how do you act (laughs) in these scenarios just famous people get put into? Like, I don't know. Who do you reckon is the most boring famous person? Like the one you'd you'd just be like, oh, God, please get away from me. You know, I think the Kardashians must be very boring. Kendall Jenner. Do you reckon? I think they're so they're the kind of people who don't put their phone down, and you're trying to talk to them uh, at the at the dinner table moment, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like they're not really listening to you. They're like checking their posts and stuff. I don't know. I don't want to be unfair on the Kardashians. They always get the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the but most of the people of their generation and stuff. I don't think yeah. maybe Kim's nice. I don't think Kendall is. I, I, and I'm sure Kendall is super fun. Like I'm, I've got so much FOMO when I see that photo of her and Tyler, the creator, mm-hmm. in that convertible driving through LA. Yeah. I bet she's fun when she's on her own. But in a party like that, I don't know. I think it would be more interesting to talk to the elders, like Anna Winter mm-hmm. or Andre Leontali. Uh, what? Why do you put both? I don't know. I do we like Anna? I I think I love Anna. Yeah. Oh yes. She does a very bad job at being the director of Vogue like it's the worst Vogue out of all the Vogues there are right really like it has the worst covers it looks like a hello hola magazine wait a minute but are you talking about Anna Winter in in a certain period of the recent years or Anna Winter since ever like compared Uh, to what I don't know what she did in her early work but the last I don't know how long but American Vogue is one of the uh, maybe I, I no American Vogue is one of the worst Vogue's there is when it comes to actual fashion like yeah. high fashion and stuff like that and culture French and Vogue and Italian Vogue are yeah, always going to be yeah. the ones and even Portugal is one it's it's I don't know editorial Portugal, stuff Portugal yeah. yeah but American you 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 yeah. see the, the pictures and, and they somehow manage to make Rihanna look bad or or big artists and and it's always artists it's never like an an editorial concept like oh we're talking about this stuff it's always a celebrity which makes sense american book but i don't know anna winter yeah but apart from that the met gala in itself i don't know it i i feel like it has been two years since so last year the met gala didn't happen for obvious reasons so this was a and, and special Met Gala, I felt like everyone would be so eager to show up and be like, "Oh, here I'm, I'm, I'm here, and I'm ready to get a thousand pictures of my dress taken mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm incredible. Look at me!" But none of like everybody looked beautiful, but it's not the thing of the Met Gala to look beautiful. We all know you're beautiful, you're rich, mm. and you're amazing. You're a celebrity, <laughs> but nobody really got the theme, uh, which was pay, uh, American, the theme no? was American fashion, and. God, what a dull theme. Yeah. Yeah, but you could do things. There, there's stuff to do. Like the yeah, but it's like it's like those people who turn up at a fancy dress party and they don't go dressed. And like rather than just admitting it, they're like, oh, "No, I've come as a like forty-year-old man." He's like, "Shut <laughs> up! You've come as me." Yeah. 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 Like, American fashion just means you can wear whatever you like. Yeah. That is a dull theme. Yeah, but well, no. Jennifer Lopez kind of no, she chose Ralph Lauren, which is an yeah. American fashion icon, and it, I know it's it, it was more Pasión de Gavilanes, yeah. no, the, <laughs> the Mexican soap opera, because yeah. it was that ranchera kind of mm-hmm. thing. But that's also a strong is, part um, of American yeah, culture. And, and 
Yeah, there, there's people that were like American fashion, but then the fashion was not a good choice. Like the ones that decided to stick on theme, I don't really liked how they did it. Like um, the singer from Blondie wore like a striped dress, like a literal flag dress. And it was like, that's too literal. Like it doesn't yeah. mean you have to dress up as a flag or something. Like, what, Deborah Harry? Deborah yeah. Harry came as, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen, how many people fit into this dinner party? A, a a ton, a ton of people because I, mean, I keep seeing new pictures and I was like, this person was invited. I, I didn't even yeah. know like how I've been looking at pictures for for hours and this person hadn't show up yet and, and suddenly they're there. So yeah, a lot of people, thankfully they were all vaccinated and Nicki Minaj was not there. <laughs> so so um, uh, that's something. But Did Cardi B go? No, no, not Cardi, mm. not um, a lot of the, not Lady Gaga. A lot Lady of the, Gaga didn't no, go. No, a lot of the big um, celebrities weren't there. I don't know why. Now, why wouldn't Lady Gaga not go? Because she's promoting the remix album of Chromatica, no? Mm -hmm. So I often wonder, do people get invited because they have something out at the moment and they're in the zeitgeist? Or there's some context to their celebrity to be a part of the Met Gala. I, I wonder how they go about the the guest list. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I bet she was invited, but she didn't want to go because la, um, during the the camp um, year theme that which was the last Met Gala, hmm. she was the the co-chair um, thing the, with Anna Winter, Lady Gaga. So I bet she's invited forever if you yeah. get to co-chair co-host with with Anna. So. I don't know. Maybe she felt like I'm I'm that famous that I can say no to the Met Gala. So that, that's uh -huh. cool. Oh yeah. And I don't know. I I'm just a little bit underwhelmed. Everyone that kind of tried to explain why they were just wearing a gown and and something boring were like, no, I'm paying homage to Audrey Hepburn or mm. some other big old Hollywood um, celebrity, which it is American fashion, but it's kind of like, is there all there is in America celebrities? Hang on, she's Belgium. Yeah, that's the thing. That would have been far better. Belgian and, fashion. And the person that Audrey Hepburn's Belgian. Yeah, and the the. I never knew Audrey Hepburn was yeah. Belgian. Yeah, she is, and and Givenchy is the the brand that always dressed her, which is French. Which is where's the American <laughs> part of that? A part that she she is famous in Hollywood. Well, okay, you get that, and oh. um, that was all. And the worst part of all was that. Rihanna went to the Met Gala and Rihanna is the queen of the Met Gala. Everything yeah. she does, she does correctly. She understands the assignment every year. Yeah. Even when people, like a few years back, um, people didn't, like never cared about the the theme and they just went with the dress. Um, and Rihanna always was the one to stick to the theme and people were like, oh, why is Rihanna wearing that? And she's like, she understood the assignment. She's the only one that listened to the assignment. And so we were all very excited to see her, how what she came out with. And, and because um, <laughs> during the camp, uh, so the last Met Gala, she didn't go. So we were very excited to see her. And I don't. I'm never gonna criticize Rihanna, but she, she didn't quite live up to the high, high, high expectations she had. So maybe that's on us. But was this the first official uh, presentation of her with Flacco yeah, by her that, side? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, obvious. Not the official because we've seen them yeah. everywhere. But this so, is the first red yeah, carpet they walked together. Maybe it in. is. No? I, Maybe it is. So that was the important part because we got to see them being super happy and, and super beautiful and the coolest people there is. So they made out that they didn't bring 
big outfits um, with just being there together. So, and maybe she, I thought, maybe Rihanna didn't want to embarrass um, ASAP next yeah. to her because if she goes there with a big gown and everyone's talking about it about her nobody will really notice him so she maybe is super kind and considerate and being like okay i'm just gonna wear this this kind of duvet like yeah. a black duvet <laughs> and, on winter yeah, and, winter coat and i'm just gonna stand next to you in an, a colorful winter coat too and then you're gonna take it off and there's just gonna be a tuxedo mm. surprise <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that was the the things. That, oh, Kim oh. Kardashian. Um, yeah, oh yeah. What is okay? This this what is Kanye trying to say with the whole uh, covering your face? Because I've seen that Jay Balvin has also covered his face for for his appearance at the at the gala. Well, he Jay was. Jay Balvin he, went. Did, uh, I haven't yes. seen the picture yet. Oh my Styled God. by Sita Bellan, our our local neighbor now here, ah. who is <laughs> gossip, yeah. gossip, gossip, gossip. Who I is know. now <laughs> hubby, hubby, hubby with Lady Sene. I think they still are. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ooh, I love getting all gossipy. Um, <laughs> but um, what is what is what is this whole thing of the mask thing? Like, what is the? Oh. Again, is it a play on identity? Is it because uh, Kanye has obviously been very pesado with the with the hiding his face with the stocking? Then all of a sudden, Kim kardashian does it mm-hmm. and it's like okay so you guys are still obviously mm, talking a lot <laughs> together even though you're filing for divorce I was it him next to her because he was uh-huh, that's the cool part i think the what kim i don't know what jay balvin was trying to do um i didn't even know he was there i just looked it up and he was um <laughs> and the thing that kim i think she, she's she would have been for me the best dress, the one that understood the assignment on the Met Gala, if she hadn't done it like a thousand times before that. We have seen her in the last few weeks wear this exact same outfit in different bar- variations uh, a lot of the time. So it it the surprise effect yeah um was not there anymore, which would have been iconic for her to be the first time that she has all these full-on black gown covering everything about her except her silhouette and would have been iconic because the the kind of thing that people read into it it's like you she is so iconic she's so she's the american culture that she can like literally not be seen and just have her silhouette and be recognized that's how important how famous how everything you are how legendary you are that you can do that if people like you're literally covered in everything and people still recognize you that means you're a legend and the person next to her was um the actual designer of balenciaga like the demna this guy and he was kind of dressed as if he was kanye and and people uh, were were screaming kanye kanye kim blah 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 and we were like he's not kanye but Dressed like this, it means like he's also a legend. Like they're like the the American culture. Both of them yeah. are American fashion. So uh, that yeah. was iconic. Except yeah. I it lacked the surprise factor because she had already worn that before. Lil Nas X killed it pretty much. I mean, in the in the attention stealing, in attention grabbing with his three layers. No, his C three PO golden robot I didn't, armor thing. Yeah, I didn't like it that much because what. First of all, what has that to do with American fashion? And yeah. it's, it seemed like it fitted more with um, what Camp, which was um, two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And, and Lady Gaga did that similar thing. And, yeah. and she took out all, all the outfits and stuff. I, don't, I didn't love but that, I like but I love him yeah. as, a, as an artist. He always is so funny and, and so good at everything. And I can wait to hear the, the album and everything. 
Well, we'll be talking a little bit more about Lil Nas X, I think, in next week's show because we need because he's going to release a new album. His oh. is uh, eagerly awaited Montero. So anyway, let's move on because we're running out of time. Charlie XCX has got a new track. Good ones. I wish you gave me a reason that you were better at leaving. That you got your kicks from seeing me low. I always let the good ones go. Oh, we have to move on. We have to move on because we have an exclusive new track um, from Chicks of Speed. Well, it's it's an exclusive remix. It's Vax Pop um, because we've had enough of Nicki Minaj and testicles. <laughs> we are saying get get vaccinated. It's a very good thing. Um, and basically, Chicks of Speed have got have made an incredibly catchy pop song. Uh, encouraging you all to get vaccinated and um, they gave us an exclusive remix to play uh, and here is Alex Murray-Leslie from Chicks on Speed uh, doing introduction then we're going to hear the new song Hi, this is Alex Murray-Leslie and you're listening to Radio Primavera Sound and the weekly review by the team Johan Wald, Mar Valredu and Ben Cadieu so I'm really excited that you are the first to listen to our song, Vaccinate Me Baby, with a remix by Christopher Joost, Neon Lights. You may have heard some of this. It's top secret. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Kraftwerk will think, but hey, we hope they enjoy it, those guys, the robots. So anyway, dance. It's time to dance again. It's time to be together. COVID is almost over. Yes, here it is. Vaccinate Me Baby, produced by Christopher Joost. Chicks on Speed featuring Apex Anima, that's Onua Andrea, Trudy Veramu, and Tina Frank and Luca Salmo music. Tune in. Enjoy. Dance. Hi, this is Alex Murray-Leslie and you're listening to Radio Primavera Sound. I just wanted to say a few words in these times that we've all been through. This is a song. This is a love song. It's a double entendre, vaccination and passion. Be on guard. Your desires fulfilled could mean the spread of the bug. Are you down? Are you lonely? We'll dance along to this song. Vaccinate me, baby, and dream of intimate times. This song reflects our moment. It's like a mirror glass. It's not a song against vaccination. It's just like current affairs TV show. It's Cos Present. We present a lively cover version of King Perry and his orchestra. So the original song is from 1952. And this song is produced by Christopher Eust. And Chicks on Speed are making fun of having fun with needles. It's that delicate line of tongue in cheek and cheekiness. And it keeps you on your toes dancing ideally so love and sex can heal the blues love and sex can heal the blues here it is vaccinate me baby neon lights remix by christopher Joost, featuring tina frank apex anima trudy veramu and lucas salmo music
Thank you so much, Alex. Wonderful, exclusive Chicks on Speed Cost Vaccination Neon Rave remix. We shall be adding that to our playlist. Yes, we're, we're going to be playing some more. <laughs> Johan's just broken something. I'm going to be playing that in full on Friday because we're going going daily now. Um, you will see it all goes... The, the, they were talking about Craftwork for a very good reason and it's very beautiful. Um, so you listen out on Friday. I'm going to be playing that in full. It's eight minutes of absolute Vax Pop fun. And that leaves us with just a very small amount of time uh, to talk about our album of the week, which is sort of slightly ironic because our album of the week, it just lasts far, far, far too long, quite frankly. Yep. Um, it's... Jose, 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 excuse me, by, yeah, I know, I know, by J, J Balvin. Um, Ma, what did you think? Um, yeah, um, if I have to be honest, I haven't even finished listening to the full thing because I, I feel like I've been listening to it for ages and I'm just halfway through the album and I cannot understand how many songs can there be in, a, in an album. I, I, why do they keep making stuff? albums that are so extremely long like there I know it's like obviously Donda was too long Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Certified Lover Boy is is long and now Balvin as well it's like okay none of this 30 uh, 30 minute album anymore and do you know what like Pink Panthress right releases songs that are about 90 seconds long and like Mm -hmm. that's great I want to listen to it again and the contrast between that like Jay Balvin I like this album I do like Mm -hmm. it it's got loads of really good things in it but god I released about track 16 and I was like oh my just help you know, whereas Pink Panther, as you put it on, it's like this little tiny delight. It's just mm-hmm. like a, 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 yeah. a sweet or something like that. I feel like that's a generational thing, maybe. Like, I cannot imagine someone like Gen Z, like Pink Panthers, um, putting out a 54 long record album. Um, but older people like J Balvin, Drake, and, and Kanye are more into it for some reason. Like, I don't know if they don't like cutting their own material because they feel everything's good which it doesn't mean it's bad but sometimes too much of something good can be bad the cool thing is you can make your own versions on your playlists you know on your streaming platforms and just delete the songs that you think are uh, filler and 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 you know but make your own edits going through the whole album and oh, maybe yeah, you don't you don't have time to do that and people like are like oh Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, this is some of my very favorite of his songs. Like, I really like the one he did with Dua Lipa. That was a lovely song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there is, um, oh, what's, what's the one I'm, I'm thinking of with uh, the Dominican rap- rapper? Ah, uh, Tokisha. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, his song Perra with, with her. That's a, that's an excellent song. Um, and I really enjoyed, like, the one he did with Skrillex, which is like this, this sort of yeah. weird, like, house callback. Sounds yeah. a lot like, uh, well, somebody mentioned it, like, Real to Real featuring the Mad Stuntman. Um, and I haven't been able to stop thinking of that ever since. But it's it's obviously the, the collaboration with Skrillex is one of the obvious standout tracks, mm-hmm. and it kind of aligns reggaeton with well what we remember of EDM in the sense that EDM years ago was the main driving force in pop music, congregating thousands of people at festivals like Tomorrowland, and you know a lifestyle economy rose with it, traveling to these festivals and stuff. Car advertisements were using Skrillex tunes. There were endless debate on what dubstep was. The British said it was one thing, but the Americans crassly labeled certain EDM as dubstep, which others called brostep. And it's like, ah, is this the future of reggaeton? Is it going to become a distant memory like, n- not reggaeton, sorry, popgeton, which I read <laughs> on the New York Times. I've always thought it was a, a, a uh, we need to separate mainstream reggaeton from the underground reggaeton. Popeton, um, I, I, I agree, I, I can live with that. Are we going to think of Popeton as EDM in a, in a not-so-distant future where it's 
where we get tired of it because it's so everywhere. I don't know. But I think it if this is Balvin's imperial phase, I think it stands up to it. I think it's a it's a good quality album to solidify you know, to remind us why he's such a global pop star. Too you know, much of a good thing isn't necessarily a good thing, I yeah. think. Mm -hmm. Should we play out? Yes, that's all we have time for, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Is indeed. This is In the Ghetto, J Balvin with Skrillex. Esto se jodió, la vecina no sé qué bebió, el vecino no sé qué prendió, a la gente no sé qué le dio, pero todo el mundo está loco, todo el mundo, todo el mundo está loco, todo el mundo rayado del coco, y yo solo sé que montaron. Se te notan los pilates O tú ganas o yo gano, no lo dejamos en empate En mi casa se remate No fuimos low key Callao sin dar detalle La gente ya se dio cuenta que montamos la disco en la calle Y esto es Siempre hay bailoteo, Ave María El trago nunca falta ni la buena compañía Yeah, como ha cambiado la vida Yo crecí en el gueto y el mundo es la casa mía